position. This is the final countdown, fellas. It's draft day, 48 hours away. Be tying one on at this time. Actually, I'd already, I'm already going to be an hour deep. Um, let's get into it. We got our executive producer extraordinaire, Mr. Adam Burris on. How we Glad doing to be tonight, here. Adam? Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Brock Osweiler uh, groupie. Uh, we got Kev Kovach back. What's up, guys? And then we got Farky on. We're going to be joining and have Rue dialing in shortly. So, um, Farky, what up? What's going on? All right. So we're 48 hours away, guys. Let's dive into this. You are going to see on the website an article posted, um, basically with all of our mocks, Monday Night Man included. The last 24, 48 hours have been interesting. The next 24, 48 are going to be even more so with the rumors continuing to get kicked around. Um, so let's just kind of like, actually, we got it. We got a question from one of the listeners. One Mike is, I think it's Luciani. Burst, were you on this one? Is that, am I getting it right? I think so. Yeah. He uh, said, great job on the pod, guys. Um, to answer a burning question, Jameis Winston going into the draft was a better product prospect than Baker Mayfield and had similar off-field maturity. Think your ceiling with Baker is about what you have seen out of Jameis. Would you take that knowing or pass on and take Chubb at one and Nelson at four instead? So I'm going to go around the world here. Start with you, Farky. I guess his question is, if it's Jameis, I don't think that ba- I think that is being generous to say Baker's ceiling is Jameis, but because um, I don't think people realize how good Jameis has actually been. But um, what about with the comp and or the idea? Would you take Baker um, if that comp held true? Uh, no, I I I don't think they're even close. I think they're two completely different types of quarterbacks, and I think Jameis still has a ceiling out there that that hasn't been seen. He's played with Mike Evans, who I think he led the league in drops the last couple of years, or was damn close, and he's played on a team with with no run game last year. So he throws the ball with much better accuracy, and I would say ran a lot more of a pro-style offense in college. So, no, I, I don't think it's anything to compare. So, Kev, from your vantage point, lifelong Browns fan, if Baker is – slightly above average to above average you're taking him over the chubb nelson route at one and four right oh absolutely because we haven't sniffed above average so i would take any quarterback that you could guarantee me right now at one if that was their floor i would take whoever you told me that was that's how bad it's been as opposed to the the high-end risk of whoever the other guys might be because they all I think we can all agree that any of these four kids has some type of risk in their game um no so question. I, I agree with Farky that uh I think it's a great question and it's an interesting question um I just don't think that it's anything to debate see to I, I think you. it's more worthwhile if if the debate is throw the MVP season of Matt Ryan out Jerry Burst. Do you t- do you, would you have the the Matt Ryan of last year for eight years, just consecutively that last year Matt Ryan, which everybody would acknowledge was probably around ten to twelve in in the QB rankings, um, as far as kind of you know the stats and just the overall command. 
that Matt Ryan, you'd take it one if you're the Browns, just production-wise. Fair? I think that's fair. Um, Matt Ryan in that 10 to 12 range is probably two or three or four, maybe even five spots higher than our best quarterback season, which was arguably was it 07 when we had the moose from Scapoose back there, Derek Anderson. Is that probably our best quarterback season we've had since uh, 99? Yeah, oh, I, I think mean, that's not debatable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you're asking me, would I take that kind of play out of out of the quarterback position? You know, if if that's what we're going to get, if we draft him at one, sure, I'd take that. Yeah, yeah and think I, about I, how, I think that how, that becomes a little bit of the analysis here. Right? It's too tough to say. Like, if this is Mariota or Winston, um, I mean, is Goff a Goff is probably a better prospect than any of these quarterbacks. Um, Wentz gets tough because this now everybody has revisionist history when it comes to Wentz. Um, that one's that one's a little trickier. Sam Bradford, when he came out, was more accomplished than any of these quarterbacks and was more legitimate. Um, so it, you know it's 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 a difficult question to answer, but I, but I like the angle that he goes because you know at some point, what's the threshold that you would be better off going Chuck? Chubb or Barkley at one, and then Chubb or Nelson at four, and just saying, you know, all the chips in with Tyrod, and we'll roll over, you know, probably a 33rd pick for a first rounder next year and have two of them next year and, and try and make a move in, in what will be a, another poor quarterback draft. But it, it is an interesting kind of analysis to look at because what it does is it makes you just look at a little broader lens than just these four or five quarterbacks this year. Well, I think that and also that secondary Matt Ryan question is really interesting because think of it this way. What, what percentage of first round drafted quarterbacks you think in NFL history or at least in the last 25 years have had an eight year run of Matt Ryan? Probably not many. No, no. I mean, yeah, I got into a discussion at work today with somebody like, is Josh Rosen Troy Aikman? Like, is that his ceiling? And we were kind of like, yeah, you know, it doesn't move great, but moves effectively and efficiently stays in the pocket. Um, I mean, we talked Matt Ryan again, that was a name that I threw out with regards to Rosen as far as, you know, a pure thrower, but there's some similarities there. His downside is for Rosen, he might be Cutler, you know, and, and that can be a real problem. You know, we talked a lot about, go ahead. No, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. I would say that that I agree with you that that's a problem. But when you're looking at, and obviously there's a theme that's going to go on here. Josh Allen's, what's Josh Allen's floor and ceiling? I I can't envision him ever being Ben Roethlisberger, which some people try and use in the I, same I think breath, it's got to be Joe Flacco. I think it's Joe okay. Flacco. Joe Flacco's so a pretty Joe good Flacco, athlete, but you know he's a guy that's than, a hot and yeah. cold guy. He's a little bit better than Matt Ryan because he won a Super Bowl. Um, but it, right? but over mean, 10 years, who, which quarterback, if you're just trying to win as many games possible over 10 years, you're taking Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah. It, but his floor is Jamarcus Russell. So to me, without, well, yeah, that, without the coding, that automatically it, it, takes the guy out of the equation. It, it just he's a he's not in the he's not in the conversation. Well, his, his when you're the Browns. True. His QBR comp, I guess, in the last whatever it was, 10 years to where he's positioned to be drafted is Blaine Gabbert and Jake Locker. So, yeah. (laughs) All right, Jerry, 
you're John Dorsey. What's the angle here with either sharing, not sharing? What's uh, what's you know similarity do you see here? Well, I think what's being done is actually some of the best espionage we've seen in the NFL in probably the past ten years. Um, you know, there's so many different reports coming out. I think you've heard three different number ones. I've heard um, th- you know four or five different combinations of one and four coming from all these experts. But I think also what we're getting is what he loves, and that's what everyone thinks they are as experts. I mean, I heard Chris Sims today say that uh, Sam Darnold was number five on his list. So I think you're getting the overexposure. Here's the one thing. Chris Sims, man, like, whew, that dude, he's got some chops to be talking shit about bad quarterback play. And he's <laughs> he's a quote-unquote uh, you know, NFL quarterback guru or expert now, which a lot of these guys are self-titled. Now, take that. Take If I put out this disinformation, this disinformation, and then all of a sudden Rappaport's talking about it or Schefter's talking about it or whoever, he's trying to find out where his leaks are in the the building, one. Two, all these experts are going to just spin it and spin it. You get the whole group think talk uh, going on. And I think he's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs, leaning back in his, his nice leather chair going, this is exactly what I want. The Browns are being, A, discussed in every single day. B, we, we kind of talked about before the pod was we're still on the clock. We have not let anybody you know get off the hot seat. Nobody has their board set yet. And we control everything up until that 0.0 on the clock on Thursday well, uh, after pick one, which is what they want. So is he making the Browns relevant? Yes, he is right away, um, especially with you know these so-called experts. So what's the Kevin Costner angle? You you teased this oh. to us before the pod. What's what's the Kevin Costner? I'm a big Costner fan. Basically, any sports movie that he's done, he's been fantastic on. Uh, for love of the game, secretly the baseball scenes were the best baseball scenes around. So what's the, the ang- was, what's the angle here? The joke was that our boy Monday Night Money Mark has been you know combing through the data, pouring through the footage listening to every single tidbit he can find on the internet, scouring the dark web for anything John Dorsey's even throwaway napkins that he's scrawn on at a bar top just to see if it's going to be a Baker Mayfield thing. And and what hurts me the most is I think at the end of the day, we're going to see Mark turn into Kevin Costner and JFK. He's going to end up getting nothing out of it. (laughs) Wow, a Jim Garrison drop. Um, Yeah. We had, we literally had no idea where that's going. Uh, I mean, Farky, uh, a JFK aficionado yourself, any rebuttal or counter or bolt on to that? Uh, no, I like the Jim Garrison drop though. That's a, that's incredibly uh, historical. No one will know who that is, but um, no, I agree. Well, so here's why I will pivot, and I'll go to a different. I'll go to the draft day, the actual the move here. I still hold out some level of thought that John Dorsey hasn't told even a soul with absolute certainty. I think he's led with a little bit of leanings to certain people, but I don't think he is kind of committed even to Jimmy and D where exactly he wants to go until, you know, 30 minutes, an hour before the draft. I just, I have a feel for that based on how he's kind of handled this. It doesn't make sense for us. And and this is something that I know we've talked about offline. It doesn't make sense for us to put the giants on the clock, even though we haven't selected yet. And what I mean by if we announce Darnold, 
Mayfield. We give a lot of time to the Giants. We don't need to do that. We don't want to do that. We already know what the Jets are doing at three. They're taking a quarterback. They've already made their move. Their hand is shown. The Giants are the one can kind of still control things and take the power chip from us and hold it for 10 minutes. As soon as they have their 10 minutes, we get 20 minutes because the Jets, we already know, their card's made out. It's one of three quarterbacks, and it's already filled out, and they're going to walk it up there. They'll probably take the whole time just for shits and giggles and because the networks tell them to. But that said, the Browns get the power back to them, and we'll have already taken our quarterback. We'll be fielding offers not only for the draft, the first round, but next year, also second, third round picks. So it, it, it just behooves the Browns, and I think Dorsey cunningly knows this, to just you know lie in the weeds. It doesn't matter. They're going to find out who, you know, if you're Darnold or you're Mayf- you're going to find out at the time when Goodell announces it and you can bro hug him. Like, you don't need to have this kind of precursor of knowledge in advance of it just to give the Giants a whole day to field calls about two. So I, I just see that as it makes too much sense for us to just be thoughtful and quiet. Kev? I, I echo everything you say. I mean, it makes zero sense from a standpoint of giving it the info away to to me taking it one step further if they don't know we can negotiate against them and say hey listen to get to two you're going to need to do this but if they're trying to get out of two then chances are they're not taking the quarterback right so if you're sitting there talking to buffalo or arizona or whoever it might be um you have a chance to negotiate against them and over the next two days, and, and now it's, like you said, they don't know they have that opportunity as much um, if, if we tell them right now. I don't know. It just The whole thing seems odd to me. It seems odd to me that you would be do this for all this time, and then two days before you'd go, oh, I'm going to give out my information. Like, why? Why? It makes no yeah. sense. Just doesn't make sense. Unless it's a last minute pivot and then you pivot back to whatever you were planning to do. Because, you know, the misinformation is rampant. Like the the Patriots Lamar Jackson thing the last twenty four hours, where they would love it if he was there twenty three. Like I thought he was an option for the Pats. I don't think he's an option until twenty nine or thirty one now. Because there's no way in hell with everything we've learned and known about Belichick over the years that he would allow that type of information to get filtered out so transparently. It just right. never would happen. Now, the only thing that would make sense, the, the maybe, and I, Sean, if, if you said this and I missed it, I apologize. If they're leaking Darnold now, is it because they know they think the Giants love Darnold? Well, no, like, that's my point. I think if they came out with Mayfield – then they know the Giants like Darnold, but they'd also feel a shitload okay. of calls. Right. Right. So, well, that's that's what I was just going to ask: is don't the Giants kind of have a little more of an upper hand here too? I mean, yeah, sure, the Browns don't want they don't want to give away their cards. I wouldn't think they would. So, yeah, this might be somewhat of a ploy. But uh, shouldn't teams be terrified of who the Giants are taking, knowing that that Baker's probably going to go three if we don't draft him? I mean, 
you know, we definitely have an advantage there if, if he is, in fact, you know, a 51-49 type guy with Darnold. But, man, I, I think the Giants could really hold some power there. Well, and I think the Giants love for us to take Barkley, even though, you know, all the New York folks are dead set on the idea that they they want to take Barkley to, to pair him up on their team. So, it, again, this is tons of misinformation, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things happening here. So, um, you know, without further ado, we're going to bring in – the, the pod lineman. We're going to bring in one Rue Phillips here. What's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? Hanging in. So we just uh, covered a little bit of QB talk, uh, got to a, a, a pod listener question that we, that we already covered off on. So I think what we're going to pivot to now, Rue, and, and guys, um, is just kind of high-level thoughts before we dig into kind of our mocks, before we kind of put a bow on this. Um, Jerry, with regards to the draft, what what do we have in store for the listeners or from a technology standpoint that we might be able to tease out? The goal is to live uh, do a live video of us at watching the draft together, um, I believe, at Reggie's house. So that's the ultimate goal. We'll see if it happens. Um, I'm still working on some technical details, but I think I got it in the bag. And the at the to, very the least, we are going to have Reggie yeah. posting the picks kind of consensus calling them out um which is a staple of us just before um many many a 12 or 16 or 22 ounce has been spilled over uh who's coming up next you'll see some dollar bills you'll see some fives in there um you know we'll be we'll be throwing some things around right Ru? absolutely man it's gonna be wild and crazy that's right that's right okay so um any other topics you guys want to hit before we kind of i throw a few rapid fire things out no, that covers it. Yeah, not me personally. No, no, All right, no Jerry, my role. Jerry, I did. A, yeah, I did have a couple um, kind of quick fire scenarios to throw at you guys. Um, kind of give you, like, I'll throw one out. Um, you give me the likelihood of this happening on Thursday. Okay, first round only. Okay, number one, Browns go quarterback Chubb. Okay, we'll start easy. Quarterback at uh, one, Chubb at four. Rue, I think that's a hundred percent. Hundred percent. No. Ninety-five percent, as close as you can get. Yeah, ninety, ninety-five percent. I mean, it's 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 looking that way at least. It would be cool. crazy to me not to make that pick. Yeah, if it's available, I mean, look at what positional value is and what Dorsey's always valued. I think it's a no-brainer. Those dips, bit. Well, we've we've uh, <laughs> we've we've proven me. that. What? There's only say? one guy. I don't, I don't know what everybody else, but I only know of one guy that dips. So no, I didn't. I didn't spit. But <laughs> what? What? What is our history of trading back proven? Uh, it gets us more draft picks a year later. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, and we're not the Steelers or the Patriots. So there's my answer. Good it gets point. us more draft picks to screw up. Even even to expand on that, mm-hmm. it just doesn't get us more picks. We just screw them all up. More. I'll say this: I'm gen- I I am genuinely excited about the idea of Bradley Chubb with Cleveland Brown. I, I like that we have we will have an identity with that selection. I mean, that's a worker that that it's just a guy from everything that I've kind of seen and followed him from ACC as as a, a guy played against the Knowles and I I just think he is a fantastic addition to a team. And it particularly, you know, paired up with Miles Garrett and some of the other edge rushers and, and, and athletes that we've got in the front seven, I, I it, we get super aggressive quick. 
I loved uh, I love Garrett's um, quote too. You you line up uh, Chubb opposite of me, and he's getting eight or nine sacks. <laughs> Automatic. Yeah, it's going to be a nightmare if we get him for AFC North quarterbacks. Uh, they're just going to. You know, it's the the, the 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 idea of having him, Ogba, Obanjobi, you know, potentially another uh, draft pick. Uh, Brantley. Brantley. Uh, uh, I mean, the ca- guy we signed from Cincinnati, who's a inside rush presence. I forget his name yes, off the top man. of my head. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it just you know. It's name of the business, uh, you know, get after the passer and, and uh, protect the passer. And if we can get that without, uh, uh, you know, blitzing like uh, we had the uh, tendency to do last year, I think that's just, you know, money in the bag. It's a great thing to happen. All right, money I in think, the bank. Uh, All right, first, what else you got? I'll say here's another scenario. Qu- quick fire, okay? Uh, QB1, number two pick goes Chubb. Number four, we trade down to take McGlinchey. I don't know who we trade down with, but we make it. Got to be Buffalo. Got to be Buffalo. That's who I think it would be, but to get our left tackle. Yeah, I think you'd go McGinchy there, and then you're probably I don't know what you'd do at twenty two to be honest. Cornerback. I I mean, what about pass rush there at twelve? If it's Buffalo, is the uh, the team in question for the trade? What about Hurst? I would love I would love Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Edmonds. Uh, I think Hurst. I think I'm not sure Hurst goes in the first, guys. Really? I think this condition and stuff. There, there's flags there now. Yeah. Today, there, you know, Sonny Michelle had a flag that came up today. Josh Sweat had a flag that concerned teams with his knee, but I don't know how the hell teams didn't already know that he almost lost his leg in high school. So I, that actually seemed to me like they're putting that out there because they still want him. Um, and, and that's great for the Browns if Hurst does drop to the second round and, and lower. I mean, it's I know that's a guy that they really like. And I yeah, think I think I he's a target at thirty three yeah. or thirty five. I think thirty three yeah. gets traded. But if we all right, if rapid we, fire, we got to give Burst yes. two here. <laughs> I do. I personally think Hurst is a first rounder, um, and I don't think we get a chance to get him on the wrap round. But okay, Ready oh with the wrap round. Oh with the wrap round. Last question, number one, young man from Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield. Number four, Saquon Barkley. And I'll tell you why this is a combination. Because my janitor at my school loves these two. <laughs> is he listening to the pod? Um, I don't think he knows how to listen to anything on that's not on his truck radio. Well, that's that's on you. You got it. We're not taking that question until he starts listening to the pod. Throw him a t-shirt or something. <laughs> give, give, him he... that auxiliary, give him the auxiliary hookup, Jerry. Does he know John Dorsey? Yeah, yeah. Is he, is he like the, uh, the the connection that Mark had some hotel in Orlando? How many pod contributors are have? Let's all throw in thirty bucks and get the guy an iPad. He can listen all the time. <laughs> no, that's that's had, a good we've call. Couple, there, we've had a couple conversations. Let's let's it. just put Vig. Let's just put a little juice on all the bets we make on Thursday night and give him the juice. <laughs> that that's true. We'll just kick it. every bet. We put a dollar off to the side. We we'll call it this, the janitor fund. Um, that, that's right. All right. So we're going to we're shift shift from Jerry's kind of rapid fire questions that we ruined and made him like shotgun blasts. Well, nobody uh, answered the last one. Well, I, I don't even know how the hell we answer it. Like the guy What's the is never going to know the answer. Of that, of, of that combo, zero. Ten. Yeah. Man, Ruth's emphatic. Kev, what you got? I got Four. I got I oh shit I'm gonna have the prices right you I'm going three <laughs> percent 
because zero means that there's no shot. Like they don't even have any. I'm gonna bet four. I'm gonna Um, be over. It's nine. I'm gonna be over. Oh, Uh, I, I would say very, very low probability. What I have to share now, though, is we're taping a pod. The Monday Night Man knows we're taping a pod. He sends us. This is um, me, Jason, and um, and Rue, fellas. You've been on this train the whole time. Stay disciplined and stick to capitalize what we know. Dorsey hasn't changed his stripes. This is what happens during the draft. Joey blows has slipped. We have we have content that is beyond that flavor of the month shit. We got this. Baker is going one. And we don't need to drink any of that juice because we are too busy sipping on that Johnny Walker blue. Sean. This <laughs> don't listen to any of these distractions. This Stick with what the information and stats it have provided you. Dorsey has held his cards to his body this whole time. He ain't letting them slip this week. Hell no. Baker at one, baby. I'm back on Baker Mayfield at one. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> what Kevin Costner said to the other lawyers down in Louisiana before the, the Supreme Court trial. Am I wrong? He's getting are you, are you talking the Oliver Stone version? Yeah. Like, who knows? That movie was <laughs> highly embellished as far as he could attack it. There, there, yeah, it was embellished. There were some truths to it, but the, a couple of those guys died off before they could really prosecute them. My whole thing is, I Mysteriously. just, I feel like I'm going to wake up on Thursday morning and I'm going to write something on a post-it note and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm going to put two things. I'm going to put one, it's no matter what, not Josh Allen, or I'll drink Clorox bleach on the live pod, or and two, stick with what you thought all along. The problem is, is I just changed over the past week to finally caving on this Baker Mayfield idea, only to basically have Nathan Zagura, the the team's beat reporter, for all intents and purposes, you know, come out today and she say it was going to be Darnold after after uh, Mayfield the day before. So I don't know what the hell to believe. Um, Rue, you're you're into this late. What's what's your thought? What's your latest gut telling you? And we'll pick it apart. Yeah, I, I still think it's Darnold. Uh, you know, I'm good either way, but it just there's just uh, with the uh, Zagura coming out and pretty much saying it's Darnold again today. Uh, I just think there's too many things that I don't know if it's a safer pick, but it, you know, gun to my head, I, I just got to go Darnold here at this point. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's a pick. Uh, and I don't really have much to add at that point. I mean, it's it's Darnold in my opinion. Farky, I want to take an angle here. Josh Allen, you got. You got him at one. Uh, Rue's got him at two. Kevin's got him at two. Uh, Kevin's got him at two to Buffalo, though. W- what do you see in Josh Allen that that you think it's you know he's still in play for the Browns? Well, I'm playing into a few of those conspiracy theories, too, and, and feeding out a little bit of information that, that could be leading people in the wrong direction. Um I don't see anything on the field, the tape, the film, everything Dorsey mentions. Um, I wanted to play a little heel, so I, you know, a little bit of that is me is me turning the heel. I did have Darnold in my mock before Allen, um, but his his name's still floating around out there, and that's not because of some of the stiffs that are floating it out. You see Mel Kuyper and some of these guys, they've jumped off the bandwagon, but um, you know, you still see his name out there here and there. So even though I turned a little heel, I'm still going to stick with it and and uh, you know 
play the outside shot. I, I hope they don't draft them. I want Mayfield, but you know. So, so one thing that you've done on yours, and I find it fascinating, because I almost kind of did it myself, and I actually think if Darnold goes to the Browns and Mayfield to the Jets, I think this happens. You got Rosen the one slipping of the bunch. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Well, I think that Darnold is the safest pick, even though, um, you know, especially talking to Monday Night Man, he's he's convinced me that, that there is a turnover problem to have there. Uh, I do think that the Jets love Mayfield, so I don't see Mayfield going past the Jets. And then, you know, I listened to uh, an interview today. I think it was was it Mayock that had with with Rosen. And he basically threw out there, you know, why not you at one? And Rosen came back with basically saying, hey, my entire career, I've been the number two guy. You know, no one's talked about me coming out of high school first. No one talked about me getting drafted through college first. And now here I am sitting here. I'm not the guy that should be first in the draft. So um, I, I just think there's kind of a general consensus where people have just kind of listened to everything else that's out there and been turned off from them. And it's really just the the teammate stuff, the the locker room stuff, which I agree. It's that's a huge culture thing you want to bring in. But I think everybody's just kind of jumped on the same train, kind of with recruiting the opposite way, where if one person recruits somebody, everybody offers them. I think everybody's kind of laid off in their minds compared to some of the other guys in the draft. Kev, I'm going to switch gears again. We'll come back to uh, one Josh Rosen. I want to tee something up for for Jerry Burst at an angle that I think he'd be interested in. But but let's shift real quickly. Tony Grossi came out. Cleveland, um, I don't know what the hell you call it, uh, nine-hole specialist, um, you know, 27 holes in, in I was going to say, I'll take the over on nine. <laughs> uh, said if they drafted Baker Mayfield one, he would be done. He'd be done. That would be it for him. Uh, I guess my question to you is, how do we make this happen? I think that if we all like, the, don't the Packers aren't the Packers owned by the stockholders? Like, don't That's right. the fans have stock? So you, we yeah, could, we need to pull if together. We were like, all stockholders. We could just form a a board or whatever it is and get it done because I think it would be worth it. You've just got to not watch the ticket holder angle. We can get a hold of everybody. You can get a hold of the parade people that, that celebrated the zero and sixteen. You get everybody, bring them back together under one common bond of driving one Tony Grossi and the X-Files, the blocked pallies, and get him out of the business altogether and where he belongs, maintenancing some green. I don't think there would be a person in Cleveland besides somebody that works at 850 that's forced to like him um, that would not – Object go along with this. I mean, yeah. it would be a done deal in 14 seconds. I've never seen somebody get made fun of so much on Twitter for something that they do as a profession and still think they're good at it. You know what I mean? Like, no. I just don't, I can't and, wait. And be oblivious to it at the same token. Yeah. Maybe a politician, maybe every politician on earth, but other than that, you know, that's, that's just how politicians right. are. Yeah. So, Jerry, where I'm going back with the Rosen angle, if what I've noticed is everybody that follows high school recruiting has seemed to – hold on one second. Farkas, what are you doing? <laughs> Sean, Farkas. that's not me. I'm muted. That's not me. You're clicking for the dog. 
No, that is not me. Oh, that was me. That was I'm me. Muted. Sorry about that. Rude. Yeah, Jesus. Rude. <laughs> Got a cage up, man. Got to get cage up. Let's go. Trying to tape a pod here. All right. Jerry, I'm coming to you. Go ahead. Everybody that's followed high school recruiting, college, you know, recruiting, the, the, the feeling amongst those folks at a high, high pro- like population, probably 90, 95%, is they're shocked that this is a debate, that they're 100% behind the Rosen angle, just as the, the highest peer thrower, uh, both from their time and their knowledge. And then the second guy that they have collectively seems to be Mayfield. Um, maybe, you know, kind of delve into that a little bit, your thoughts, because I know you were a Rosen guy initially and kind of kind of oscillated a little bit. But um, maybe that that angle there or thought process from those folks about how they viewed the progression of Rosen and where he is now versus, you know, some of these folks that are just snapshotting. They, they don't really know the full picture of him. I mean, if you want to go back into the history of Josh Rosen, um, it's it's pretty much been televised since he was a junior as a starter. He was immediately thrust kind of onto the national spotlight when the Elite Eleven showcase was on, and they made that was I think one of the first years they made that into a mini series, and he was made out to be the bad boy, um, pretty much from the jump because he, like he had the best arm talent of everyone that, that was there, but he's also kind of shown in the light of like almost like a real world character. He was the dick. Um, he questioned every play. He wanted to know why they were running this and not that. And he got into a, a couple little scuffs with like Jordan Palmer and with Trent. He got Dilfer. into it with your board dildo. Yeah. Yeah. And with Trent, <laughs> he questioned the leader of the camp. I mean, uh, Trent Dilfer, but like Dilfer all along has said like th- this guy, if you just get to know him, you understand how talented he is mentally and physically. I mean, of the top five guys, if you want to talk about the best passer, um, I, I think it's hands down. It's just Josh Rosen. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, say what you will about how accurate he is. He's still kind of got that shortstop delivery. He's um, he, he can kind of flick it and fling it around. But, you know, if you want to talk about, like, the prototypical seven-step drop, back, uh, drop back to the pass, deep post, or a uh, deep comeback on the outside, it's it's, it's definitely Josh Rosen. Um why has he gone down to this like third spot and become like the the you know third banana? I th- it has to do with he just rubs people the wrong way and like that is the worst way to go about drafting your future uh, franchise quarterback is well he kind of rubs people the wrong way. Good, good. Like your quarterback is supposed to be the one that manages the flow of the offense and if you can't work with him because you guys can't get up to his level, that's your problem. I. I so I have no problem wherever Josh Rosen lands. I hope to God he doesn't slip down past 10 because then he might call into question um, a total, I hate to use the, the chip on your shoulder um, cliche, but he, he might just go absolutely hog wild on the league and we might all be uh, eating crow for it. Yeah, but that's not really, he's not suited for that type of, like, and that stuff always fizzles. Like, uh, you know, the draft slate's one thing. You got to fall pretty far. You know, Aaron Rodgers ended up going to Green Bay, a team that was picking in the twenties. So it benefited him. You know, it, it worked for Brady because of how far he he fell. Yeah, there's true. Way in hell. So well, I, for every I every know. two I, of those guys, there's you know uh, the Brady Quins and everybody else that slipped a little bit and, and things just yeah. didn't work out. I think also when he played UCLA, 
I think he was so used to being way better than everybody. He kind of got everything. Um, was, was he got a big reality dose pretty quickly? I will say that the guy that I love with the best college story might be Sam Darnold, and people think he's kind of this vanilla guy. I mean, he came in there and t- competed against arguably the USC's best quarterback prospect they had ever gotten. Uh, a guy had been working out with um, what's his name in in Duke. Uh, yeah, Towns, Peyton. Cutcliffe. Yeah, Cutcliffe. He'd been working out with Cutcliffe, Cutcliffe since he was in high school. And Sam Darnold was like a three-sport athlete. He comes in, and he goes, "No, no, no, I'm going to be. I'm. This is my gig," and takes over for him. And he's a redshirt uh, freshman. Starts. He gets them in uh, gold when they had Juju Smith-Schuster. And then last year he was just as good. So I think his story is a little bit more interesting than being the uh, you know kind of the I hate to say silver spoon kid, but compared to Rosen, he is. Yeah, I'll say this, though. When it mattered, when they played each other, Josh Rosen was a hell of a lot better. I agree with that. When they played the last game of the season, he played better than Darnold. So take that for what it's worth. Rosen ain't slipping. Somebody's going to take a chance. Yeah, I don't think he's slipping past 5-6 at the lowest. So yeah, I'm, what I, I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of tap into to everybody's mock here. Rue, you're kind of first up. Um, right. Three receivers and um, Darius Geis and one Dallas Goder is making the, the first round. Maybe explain yourself on those kind of three scenarios there uh, as kind of quickly and efficiently as possible. Uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to stick with the two receivers, but you know, I, I, I think uh, the point there is Carolina. Um, I, I had them maybe looking at a corner, uh, perhaps a defense tackle in Hurst, but uh, I think that there needs more so at the receiver position. Um, now with the Dallas Godert, you know, I originally in my last mock I had Colton Miller going there, the tackle out of UCLA. Yeah, I just think that at this position, he's not really going to have the pats in the, this year and maybe in the next year. And I think Goder has got that kind of body and skill set that that uh, that Belichick likes in a tight end to, to maybe be, you know, perhaps taking over for Gronk here in the next year or so. Okay. Um, Farky, let's shift gears to what, what you've got, maybe a couple takeaways. Um one, Maurice Hurst, where he's at, middle of the first. Uh, I know we've talked to him kind of a little offline, so maybe um, tee that one up. Um, you've jumped on the Ronnie Harrison bandwagon with myself, so uh, ha- happy to have you aboard. And I think, I believe you had Cortland Sutton. Now no Cortland Sutton. Three takeaways, uh, maybe tackling those. What's your thoughts? Uh, Hurst, I'm not going to spend much time on. I just, I think he's, he's such a hell of a player. I think he's just one of those can't miss guys at that, in that position in the first round, about mid first round. And, it, and that's, going, you're assuming that he's checked out medically, obviously. Goes ex- exactly. Sense. Yeah. And, and for LA. So I'm not going to spend much time on him. Sutton, uh, just the more and more I read about, uh, San Francisco and this Ruben Foster situation, how they're going to take their time and let it work its process and all that stuff. And they're not going to do anything with him until they find out whether or not he hit a woman. Um, I, I just, I have to believe they're going to take the linebacker there now, although it would, uh, behoove them, I think to, to get a wide receiver in there. Um, Sutton, like you mentioned, does not fall into one of my other positions. I think that's just because, um, uh, 
he was somebody I really like targeted for San Francisco. And I think Dallas um, goes for a kind of a, a big eye opener in more out of uh, Maryland. And then also I think uh, Ridley's a safe pick for Carolina at 24, which is why I kept him there. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's quite a fall, but I, I've just got him falling out of the first round now. Yeah, no, I, I kind of felt like that's probably where you were leaning. I, I think that's the case for these receivers. I think there's certain teams that the greatest fluctuation at a position is the receivers where they, they a team could have Sutton as their one, but could have Sutton as their four or five. And, you know, Christian Kirk could be up there in one or two. I do think that DJ Moore is the one that's kind of one or two in almost everyone's if I if I kind of had that level of insight but that's just kind of the the tea leaves or what i've read the only other comment i want hold real quick is i did throw lamar jackson in there um to arizona at 15 well so i and that's that's where i'm going next here and he's got him even higher kevin my clear takeaway was lamar jackson and mason rudolph six quarterbacks and then a frank ragnow sighting from louisville Hmm tackle guard combo that is making a ton of noise of late here um maybe you talk a little bit about those couple so i'm a big believer and obviously and i'm not saying that i'm uh invented anything here but the quarterback position is so important and um flacco's cap number has been so huge that i I thought maybe it might be a nice place for them to take a chance. Um, they're garbage anyway. They, they're they under the impression that they probably still think they're close, but they're not. They suck. And it would be a good opportunity for them to maybe see and take a chance on a guy who some people have um, rated higher than some of the other guys that everybody, quote, has in the top four or five. Um I think Lamar Jackson, I just think people are going to take chances on quarterbacks this year. Like you just talked about the wide receiver position, one through five. There's one guy has him at one. Another guy has this person at six. The quarterback position isn't a lot different than that this year when you think about it. Now, maybe the one through four are a lot more compact, but then you've got these other two guys that seem to be the consensus after them. So, I don't know, maybe a little bit of overdrafting on my part, but maybe I'm just buying into a little bit of the hype, but I'm always going to overdraft the quarterbacks over any other position when I'm talking about this stuff. So I think it's a fascinating angle because the Vegas number's five and a half. So, you know, the betting public's kind of playing both sides of at five and a half, which I, which I find interesting onto itself. It was also set there and it touches on what we talked about last pod with, you know, Miami, Arizona, Baltimore, like these teams, where are they actually going? Um, And those three, and we already know Buffalo is trying to get in to the top four, five, six for, you know, to target the, the, the top four QBs. So you got three teams then that could fight over those three players or uh, two players in Jackson and Rudolph. And then you still have the Saints and maybe the Pats sitting there in the 20s that probably could fill that position and and not for next year or the year after, but they'll have a little bit of stability for a future head. 
uh, and they're always one play away. So I actually think it's a fascinating take. I think it could go that way. What it signals to the fan base, though, if it's Mason Rudolph, is we're punting on the season. If it if it's Lamar Jackson, it still should signal the same thing, but it won't because you'll have a Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback. You'll have something to kind of sell ticket-wise. It'll have a little bit different effect. So I do like the idea that Jackson's going to go before. I think Jackson's going to go sooner um, and, and that's why I was kind of, you know, intrigued with where you kind of placed him there. Um, well, Miami, you know, Tannehill in, in seems like, yeah, T- Tannehill to me seems like he's on the road of a ponder where, hey, we gave it a shot. We gave it a run. He was a good athlete, but we ain't getting anything done. Time to move <laughs> on. And if you're Miami and you take Lamar Jackson, those people are excited. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. That plays into it. And we if took, you're Tannen Baum, the GM, yeah, we took, you just saved yourself a year. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, we took a midget out of Oklahoma or Texas A&M and moved up for a midget to create some buzz because our owner's an idiot. So imagine what Lamar Jackson. I mean, can you imagine if we got a guy like Lamar Jackson at 22 a few years ago? I would have been thrilled with Lamar Jackson at 22. And we took freaking Johnny Manziel. I mean, come on. The guy threw jump balls. He was basically a referee. Threw yeah, jump well, balls. That, he's a drunk referee. And, it, you know, <laughs> and I like, not, that, I like that spot. I like that spot for him in Miami, Kevin. I just The way my draft is set up, I've got Rosen going there. And I had, uh, uh, you know, my thought was either, okay, uh, Arizona or uh, the Saints. And well, I originally had him at Arizona, and then I moved him. Right, who and, trusts uh, a thirty-eight-year-old Carson Palmer when you've got what, probably three or maybe four? Well, no, they really, got Brad, really no, they, they got, got Bradford uh, now. Bradford. Or, uh, Bradford. I'm sorry, not Bradford. not Palmer, Bradford. It, same thing. It's me. the same thing me. with Brad. Yeah. Right. You can't, you exactly. can't trust. But him. he's on a one-year uh, deal. Yeah. Well, and you've got probably what three, maybe four, probably really good years left out of David Johnson if he stays healthy. So, right. you know, maybe yeah. in a year or two. So yeah. now the Ragnow guy, you, you just to touch yeah. on that real quick. <clears throat> Again. Just doing a little research, he's nasty, and I think what you want in front of it, from your offensive lineman is nastiness. Rue can probably speak to this better than I can. He seems to be the guru on this, but everybody seems to say that this guy is nasty. And the reason they're talking about Quentin Nelson being a 15-time Pro Bowler before he's ever played uh, uh, down is because of his, or I mean, yeah, because of his nastiness. So I kind of elevated him up based on a lot of the stuff that I was reading lately. Same thing I did with DJ Moore. We talked about DJ Moore, and I I think I might even have him a little bit low. When you talked about the trade down, we didn't get to into that. But if you're at 22 and you're Cleveland, let's say, that's kind of an interesting guy. If you were McGlinchey, DJ Moore, quarterback. Coleman, and he's everything we thought we were getting with Corey Coleman, but he's, you know, an inch or so, maybe two inches taller and probably – 10 pounds thicker and plays a hell of a lot more violently than that pansy. Right, right. So that was just kind of my thought on Ragnar. I've always – the big thing I like in offensive linemen, and again, I'm not I'm – not, I don't think I'm uncovering anything here, is nastiness and Samoans. Those are the two things I want in my <laughs> offensive linemen. So, Rue, what's yeah, your I, comment? Yeah, and I agree. I mean, especially the, the interior linemen can be more – especially the guards important with the uh, – the pressure up the middle we're seeing in the NFL these days, and especially the talent that we're seeing with some of these D tackles. I mean, it's even more important to have some dominant interior linemen to, to kind of handle these guys up front. 
the athleticism on some of these D tackles is kind of mind boggling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know Deron Payne isn't uh, the, the show that that guy put on. I don't know. Like in the end or in the uh, championship game was, he was arguably the best player on the field, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I mean, if that kid, obviously to what the kid quarterback did to, on the comeback and everything, but Man, that kid put on a show that day. Yeah. That so kid. here's where I've got with my couple surprises. Uh, Rue, actually, I was surprised he didn't pop. This guy didn't pop back up, uh, but he's on Mark and I's. Uh, he's higher on mine. I got him in Detroit, um, and he was there a few on some of my even initial mocks back in February. Billy Price. I think he's healed up. I think this is a prime. I th- I think he, you know James Daniels and he are going to kind of oscillate maybe a 2021 i think it's prime real estate for for either one of them uh and i know you like both of those interior linemen mm-hmm. and then ronnie harrison so uh, you know i i kicked out with farky but uh, i brought that up last pod that he was gonna end up shoehorned in my first round he makes it there and i got a new addition uh and it's more because of fit and i just the urban connection with Belichick. I got Jerome Baker linebacker to new England at 31 gives him the perfect kind of coverage linebacker. Um, they can, he can pair him up with high tower, kind of more of the thumper. Um, and I, I think that new England needs to target with these four, two first and two second. If they don't move any of the picks, they got to target some personnel and they got to get more athletic, particularly in the front set on that whole defense. And I think Jerome Baker instantly um, checks that box uh, on a couple different fronts and gives Belichick and, and company a hell of a lot of flexibility at that position. So, a um, couple, I, couple I, there. I, I agree with that, and that's that was my thinking with when I went twenty at twenty three to England with Van Der Esch. Uh, uh, I know I talked about in the last pod that something with Hightower it gives you a better option. Uh, he, he plays the run, the pass, you know, getting after the passer. He plays everything pretty well. He's a smart player. Uh, so I think we're, we're kind of thinking along the same lines there, Sean. Just All right. So rapid fire. I'm going to try it now, Jerry. You still with us? Maybe not. May have stepped <laughs> away. All right. Um, I would have left, too. Rue, favorite player in the draft? Quentin Nelson. Farky? Nelson, I want to say Rosen, but Nelson. Kev? Oh, man. Um, Chubb. So in I the spirit of not picking anybody that has already been picked, Harold Landry is my favorite guy in the draft. It's a good mm-hmm. one. Um, actually, yeah. The guy that's most likely – you can't pick the same guy that you pick. So Nelson's out, Chubb's out, Landry. Um, most likely to have like, Pro Bowls are useless. Um, <laughs> most we'll just say for the spirit of it, if it, if if it was who got picked on pure like top two, top three at their position in a season, eight Pro Bowl seasons. Rue, Darren James, Barky. Edmonds. Kev? Rokon Smith. I'm going Edmonds too. Farky took mine there. <laughs> Let me uh, can I post one can I post a question real quick? Yeah. 
None of the let, – let's take the 15 – the top 15 guys out, let's say, because you talked about favorite player in the draft. We all kind of named – other than you named you name Landry. Who's after that? Who's a little bit down the, down the board maybe that you really like that uh, uh, you personally, just out of curiosity on who you guys like? I'll go first. Mine's Josh Jackson. I think he's going to be awesome. If his neck's all right, I love Vander Esch. If he's to the right team, he could go to Pittsburgh and literally drive us batshit crazy for a decade. He'd go to England and be Vrabel 2.0, Ninkovic, all those guys. Um, yeah. it, but it's got to be the right team. Farky? In today's NFL, DJ Moore. Hmm. Uh Marcus Davenport. I think he's a guy that uh, yeah, he's got all the talent in the world. And he's just got to get uh, with, with some better coaching. And uh, I think his ceiling might be high, as high or maybe higher than, uh, than Bradley Chubb. Oh, wow. Interesting. All right. Um, biggest bust potential in your mock, in your first round, Rue? Not named Josh Allen? N- yeah, not quarterback. Quarterback's okay. too easy. Not <laughs> yeah. quarterback. Uh, gosh, I'm probably going to take some shit for this, but yeah, I, I might say Saquon Barkley for where he might go. Uh, I, I just I don't see it with him. I see a guy that's just you know probably an outside runner and you know, going to catch a bunch of passes. Uh, I think where he's going to go, he might be productive for a few seasons, but for where he's being taken, I, I just think he might be considered a bust when it's all said and done. Farky, we go an entire first round. Yep. Williams tackle Texas. The Connor Williams you've got to Detroit at twenty. Kev? Yep. Um, well, he's not in my first round, but he's in most everybody's first round. To me, it's Calvin Ridley. I just think he's not very athletic. He's not as athletic as. You need to be at that position, and uh, you know you watch him against Georgia, and he was non-existent. Uh, Calvin Ridley's my mine. So my he he's not in mine, but he's in yours, and it's in the same position. Cortland Sutton. There's a scenario where he can go to maybe a handful of teams, and I think be okay. But if he doesn't go to a system and a quarterback that that kind of the pairing makes sense. He doesn't get enough separation. And if you don't get Correct. separation, he's not as big at this level as he was in college. And I just, there's a lot of concerns there from, from my vantage point in my mock. Damn. Connor Williams is a good one. Cause, cause I hate even putting him in the first round. Um, I think Jerome Baker's solid. Um, I mean, he ran a four four three. I'll give him that. But thirty one inch vertical. I mean, I I would venture to say Farky had a thirty one inch vertical. You know, I I don't know. And thirty two. You know, there you go. Fifteen reps on the bench. I mean, what about him isn't impressive other than Alabama? I just don't see it. It's just me personally. Um, oh no no, I'm with you on Ridley. I'm I'm 100 percent with you. Oh, on okay. Ridley. Yeah, no, I'm saying um, 
He's not in my. He's not even in my mock either for the first round. But I was yeah. picking on that you had Sutton in your first round. Um, I just love my mock. Actually, I, I, Rue, I'd like your mock better than mine, to be honest. Um, <laughs> he, here's an angle. Rashawn Evans. Yeah. The, I, I the Bama that. linebackers <clears throat> get the shit beat. And and this goes for Deron Payne, too. These guys get the shit beat out of them. And mm-hmm. I there is something that I'm a little leery of front seven Alabama guys. I just there's a lot of mileage on that. And those, those like that's an engine that that's like when you buy a car from the, a rental place or something um, that under the hood, there's a little bit more than meets the eye. So there's one plan for would be a little bit of flags for me. And I don't like Vita Via. I, I just I don't see what the allure is there. So actually, I ended up popping a few out. Mosley doesn't give you any hope. Mosley. Baltimore. Well, he's, he's been dinged up, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, he was been dinged up, but he was awesome last year. Yeah. I don't know. I, for as many as should pop and that don't, I mean, these are all five stars. They, like, they should all pop. So, Speaking of popping, who's the guy that beat up his girlfriend? Well, he, he had a good first year, right? Ruben Foster. No, he barely yeah. played. He did not yeah. have a good year. Oh, he didn't? He's okay. going to have he, a worse you know, next five, what, like eight to ten. Five to ten. Didn't he come on later, though, and play well towards the end of the season? Maybe no. I'm thinking of someone else. No, okay. No, he, he may have had one good game, but then they also, I've read some stuff that they were bitching that he was always out of coverage, and, you know, it, it's always something with, with these guys. Um, he, he's another one of those guys, too, that can't give up the weed for $40 million. Sad. Yeah, well, and, and Antonio Callaway got nailed. Sparky, yes, we do. We the first pot I was on. One of the themes was these guys who can't do it. The guy got caught, to, or they just came out today. Who was it, Sean? Antonio Callaway. He had been trying to rebuild his reputation because he stole credit cards in Florida and got kicked out, and had gotten <laughs> and had really impressed teams, and then he failed the test from the same combine. Oh so, man! So if he beats a woman, he'll have the trifecta. Stealing, <laughs> failing a drug test, and battery. <laughs> Assault. <laughs> um, all right. So the the last angle I want to touch on here, day one ends. We'll probably be pivoting to this. But we talked a lot about where kind of the shift the things go. Is there a better spot to be in than 33 and 35 in day two? Holy hell, are the Browns set up nice. If they stay and don't move into the back of the first, but if they stay at 33 and 35, like they are going to control some phone calls all day Friday because yep. there's going to be some guys that are going to be ripe for the taking there. Either they could take or they can create equity in the second, third, and in years to come. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be furious. My biggest thing other than Josh Allen is if they don't draft somewhere in that area or late first round a cornerback with the way this draft's set up. Well, corner? You're, you're Is that what you said, Parky? In, corner? Into the first? Corner. Corner. Either, it, like Kevin mentioned, you know, dropping possibly with the trade scenario, which I think is a little unlikely because I think <clears> we all like Chubb, but even even down in the 20s or whatever. But, you know, also to your point with it, that, that beginning of the second day, I mean, I, I don't know. You guys tell me if you disagree with this, but what, what would you say are the most four important positions to fill in football? Quarterback, left tackle, rush end, and cornerback, right? I mean, yeah. Get a cornerback. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think playing to kind of where you're going with it is you could have an Oliver, a Hughes, yeah, um, an Alexander from Louisville. Like of those three or four guys, you very easily could have you know at least one or two of those sitting there. Darius Geis could be sitting there. Sonny Michelle, Michelle, whatever the hell his last name is pronounced. He could be sitting there. You could have a guard. That I don't think that's a direction we'd go, but a team could trade up. Tackle. You should see those tight ends. You could still see a Crosby. Maybe Colton Miller, if he does slip, could be there. Um, Can I throw yeah, out a guy I like? Justin Reed, the safety. The safety from yeah. from Stanford, right? To pair him. Let, let, he, he, very intelligent, kind of a back-end guy. So a guy that I love, actually, there's two safeties I like just as much as Reed. I okay. love the Jesse Bates kid from Wake, and I yeah. love Quinn Blanding from from Virginia. The, Blanding's a little bigger, um, and Bates five-star is five star guy, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, he was a five star guy. He was basically in the same class as Jabril, and was was right there neck and neck with Jabril. Yeah, well, and I know we talked start on Jabril. Yeah, well, uh, some of that scheme too. I think Jabril isn't put in the position where his skill set is actually suited for, where That's with either of these guys, we're talking center fielders. Jabril's a box guy, um, you know, kind of a Alamalu type. Isn't, but that's Reed too, right? I mean, all three of those guys are kind of that I, center I, field I, guy, right? I mean, Ruer Fark, you feel free to chime in. I think, I think Reed's can, can play in space, but I was speaking more towards Bates and Blanding with, with my comparison on center fielders. Well, I think they got to get a center field guy. If if you're committed to Jabril Preppers, you got to get a center field guy. You got to have somebody back there. You know, one of the best defenses that the Browns had in the last 20 years was when they had, um, oh man, he was the white the white guy, uh, the uh, safety. Um, we got him in free agency. He played for us for a couple of years. Russell, right? Yeah, from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, and he sat back there. And we never got beat deep and allowed those other guys to press. And he knocked Chad Johnson's ass we... out. <laughs> What's that? And he knocked Chad Johnson's ass out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And was it was it Braylon Edwards that took Chad Johnson's side? I believe oh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Matt I Russell. said it. Oh my gosh. I said his name. Brian Russell, wasn't it? I've was it yeah, Brian, Brian or Matt? Russell? Yeah. Brian Russell, yeah. I've been committed to only calling him seventeen for the last fifteen years, and I just said. Problem is, years. no one knows who's seventeen, and the Browns have went through about nine of them since. Then. <sighs> My Sean least Dance. favorite Brown of all time. But but isn't Demarius Randall going to kind of play that position for us? I mean, that's that's the only question that's, I have. Yeah, I do. Th- I I think. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, that's. I thought he was. T- with all the cornerbacks they're getting rid of, our I mean. They're talking about trading what's his name again. Hey, I just saw that come across. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know the answer. They're Sean's not going to need cornerbacks. They draft Bradley Chubb because we're getting after the damn quarterback. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have go. to get rid of it. Reed's Reed's unique in his size and speed, though. He's a he's a ball hawker, but some say he plays too aggressive. But I, I don't I don't buy that. I want an aggressive guy back there. The Tolliver Kevin Tolliver from LSU. I like Holton Hill from Texas. And there's, there's, I think there's a lot of quality cornerback depth, second and third round day two, day two guys there. I think there's a couple, you know, edge rushers. I think there's, you know, a lot of those receivers, the chart kid from LSU, the Cobbs from Indiana, as we've talked about, 
Um, My brother loves Miller. The Miller Anthony kid Miller. from Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, I mean, yep. good player. I, tr- I trust him a lot. He, he was. My brother played uh, wide receiver in college, and he has been spot on the last few years on wide receivers, and he loves that kid. He wanted ODB for the Browns. Um, Yeah, I mean, he was all over that. You know, he was like, that's the guy. So I trust his judgment. So I'm trusting him on the kid from Memphis. I mean, he really thinks he's going to be really good. I know the Jets like him a lot. Um, So he's he's probably an early – Friday guy, uh, day t- day two, second round. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. Any other? I know Mark. I'd be remiss if I don't throw out a couple of his sleepers. Um, the Leonard kid from South Carolina State, the uh, the outside linebacker hybrid, uh, Darius Leonard, six two two thirty five. I brought him up last pod, but but Mark thinks that's uh, a Brown sixty four sixty three selection, whichever number. I think we're at sixty four. I think he, he, he's got us targeted there. Um, a Nathan Shepard, I think I brought him up. I think he's a Dallas Cowboy. Perfect fit. Um, a lot of defensive tackles, five technique, three technique, even even a couple single techniques that that um, could really fit some teams. Trent Thompson, Derek Nottie from Florida State, Tony Brown, Alabama. Uh, that's a corner that, that I like that's more of a slot guy that I think would be more of like a cover safety. Um and then obviously, you know, bunch of running backs. I think it's going to come down to fit team. You know who they who they met with. I was fascinated when I looked at like who visited where. Um, <laughs> I looked at who visited, and I just kind of look at the Patriots and just can't help but laugh because everybody that they vi- had come in for visits, I could a hundred percent see them drafting. And the one guy that screamed to me, and I'd love if the Browns gave this kid a look. Deshaun Hamilton, wide receiver, Penn State. Every time I watch Penn State, this kid, the kid made plays. Um, he's a like rave rave reviews uh, from everything that I've read with regards to him from a personality standpoint. So I think he's a name to watch in day two, um, and I know he's someone that that a lot of folks uh, are high on, and and hopefully uh, up in Berea, those folks will be because I suspect. What's his Sean? Him. What's his size? I think he's um, maybe six one, maybe six foot. Um, is he like Alan Hearn size? Does he remind you of him? Um, it's probably a fairly good comp. He has six one two two ten. Um, he maybe a little bigger, but uh, I, he just he seems like a perfect guy for Jarvis Landry to kind of take under his wing. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a nice, nice little little pairing there uh, i got a quick one quick rapid fire for you guys just for a little fun given all of our our draft misses uh go either way positive or negative what is who is one guy in past <laughs> drafts that you guys were completely off on either positive or negative for the brown just for the browns yeah brady oh, quinn man. i thought brady quinn would be a lot better I didn't think he was going to be all world, but watching him at Notre Dame to when he played for the Browns, I don't know what the hell he did that offseason. He got way too big. I'm Danny Shelton. David Vicune. (laughs) (laughs) uh, For pod listeners, Ruth sat in Mark's room 
with Zer McLaughlin in the arms of an a- angel playing in the background and just wash like, him honey bore lotion and Kleenex oh, next gosh. to next to like him running over pineapples in some field oh, in man. Hawaii. Granted, this is back when the, the draft used to happen on the Saturday, and we spent the morning golfing and you know getting, getting after all that. Yeah. So, yeah. so by second round, you were tied one off. But, but uh, I yeah. touted this guy as the next uh, you know stud edge rusher, and uh, get, I, I still don't live that down. It's a, it's a bad uh, mark of my uh, my draft uh, uh, resume. Kev, yeah. uh, um, <clears throat> two guys. One on talent was Cam Irving. I just thought his versatility and everything would be that's a good one ideal fit. I'll but be honest. Guy, at, at Florida State, at Florida State, Kev, he was a mauler. He yeah. was. I don't know what he showed up, and I saw him in uniform, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, never mind. Like he just wore the garnet gold different than he wore our shit. <laughs> but I'll tell you, the guy that I wanted to love, and I sat in. Uh, for the pod listeners, um, a couple of our buddies, Jake and our buddy Brum, we sat in Jake's living room, and they drafted Greg Little, and he caught a touchdown pass, and then he kicked the ball in the end zone, and then he threw a flag on himself, and I'm like, I love this guy. That's, <laughs> that is the funniest shit I've ever seen. He flagged himself, and I was like, I'm all in on this guy. We need some attitude on this team. And I forgot that as a wide receiver, you need to have good hands. But other than that, I was right on that guy. He was, he was, yeah, and maybe like a different inner drive (laughs) than what he had. Um, Here's one that I, I, and I think most of us were all connected at this point. I was furious the Browns didn't draft Julio Jones. Like, furious. I hated that trade. I just, I wanted a playmaker and we didn't have necessarily someone to throw to him yet or had any of that figured out. But with how we rated AJ green and the fact that we didn't rate Julio Jones the same way, pissed me off to high hell. And there's not a day of my own vindication that I enjoy as a result of that. That was the Phil Taylor year. That was the, that was that right? Phil, yeah. Phil Taylor. That's right. Yeah. So at that point in my Browns fandom, I was buying all into, hey, accumulate draft picks. We yeah. got a guy that can stuff the run. And then a year Pelotti later, we're like, we don't him. have anybody that I want to go pay to see. Right. No, you're right. I, I was wrong. But I'm saying, like, you looked at uh, the AFC North at that time. and it, There was Haloti Nada and Pittsburgh had, who knows, five defensive tackles that were stuffing the run. And – I just bought into it. I'm like, that's a guy we need. That's the a- NFC or AFC North. Another guy um, I hated, and I know you guys are with this, the grinder. I thought, and I was texting, <laughs> I forget who the hell, maybe Rue today. We panicked on that. We wanted Ziggy yeah. Ansa, and we screwed our hand up. And then Banner and those idiots just were like, oh, let's just take this guy. He'll work out. And never mind the fact he was 220 pounds and played more on a nap than he did – you know, on anything else, it, it just that that one I'll oh infuriated me. <laughs> you, you know, you know, you know who's one of my favorite picks of all time, even though he he obviously didn't work out in the end is Cameron Wimbley. To this day, I'll think of Cameron Wimbley and enjoy that draft because of the day we had for that draft. Oh, we called that. We called that pick too. 
the thing about the Cameron Cameron Wimberly, he's actually he was like a solid pro. Like as an eight yeah. year guy, nine year guy, yeah. made a few good career. Yeah. Like there wasn't anything wrong. Now we should have taken Nada, but if just Wembley standalone, he's probably in our upper of the, what, 19 picks or 19 years of picks. He's probably in the upper 15%. Oh, easily. Yeah. Or yeah, you're probably really upper 10% when you really think about it. That's why like, you know, they pan couch couch. Wasn't all that terrible in the grand scheme of things. Justin Gilbert, like some of these guys aren't in the league. (laughs) Oh, what did you Tim guys? Couch. I mean, did, is did there any, a word? Is there a guy that got screwed more than Tim Couch in the pros? No, I mean nobody. Not. Nobody can he be mad at him about what he ended up with in life, but right. Just as far as a terrible situation for well, a kid coming way. out. Uh, David all Carr that, a, Tim Couch David made Carr a ton a of money. Though. Married a Playboy model. Yeah, golfs all the time now. Is revered in Kentucky. From high school and college, like he oddly had, did he get a Super Bowl ring with Green Bay? Like, no, nah, he, he got cut. He got busted for roids or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah. like, and it was a solid. You know, probably he's on the pension for pros. So, yeah. like, you know, for as tough as it's been for him, he's gonna be announcing Browns games. So, um, have you seen him the- lately? The pictures of the dude? No. Oh, he's gigantic. He's a monster now. Like Jared you, Lorenzen, like fat? Or? No, 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 no. Just, just like a bodybuilder. Like it shocked me when I, I had to do a double take when I saw. So like well, Doctor Dr. 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 Dre. Yeah, yeah, Dr. yeah Dr. pretty much. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like you saw Dr. Dre after a few years, and then here's Tim Couch. I mean, he, he's he's yoked. Yeah, here's the thing, though, Kev. Yeah. She's got a shelf life, and it's Correct. shorter than Tim Couch's. Oh man, another one of my favorites. I, we, this is a rabbit hole that could go on. You know how you get on an internet journey, oh, yeah, they call yeah, it? Yeah. The Browns draft picks. But my, maybe my favorite, maybe my favorite pick of all time is Vince Maley. We picked a <laughs> wide receiver who ran a 4-7, and his, his bad attributes were speed and hands. <laughs> and we cut him. And we, and we, we picked him. We he didn't even him. get to. He didn't get to like this. What is it? The seventy-five. We cut him before the seventy-five. I think yeah. we took like six receivers one year and cut like three of them before we even paired the roster down. He's so slow, and his hands are so bad. The Ravens or somebody tried him at like uh, tight end, and he wasn't even. He was too slow, and his hands were too bad to be a tight end. Yeah. Like think about that. And we took him at wide receiver. Because he had numbers with Mike Leach. I could go out and get numbers with Mike Leach. <laughs> hey, hey, it's all about the stats. Ask Brandon Whedon, stat man. He led the country in stats his senior year. He took a tw- Yeah, that one was brutal. Oh, brutal. Brutal. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many. I'm bringing all right, up right well, we now. We got to put a bow on this one. You're going to uh, see. I got, I got one more sleeper. I've been holding right. on this one. This guy. Uh, Talking about uh, replacements here for Joe Thomas. He's an Australian. I know uh, Kev like it. He's Samoan. He's a 20 year old <laughs> named Jordan Mialta. Uh, he, he played professional rugby out in Australia. Uh, the dude's 6'8, 350. Uh, he's got 35 and a half inch arms, and he ran just over a five inch, uh, five second 40. Uh, I know the Browns have been looking in on him. Uh, they have several meetings, uh, but sniffing around, they got a Patriots. Uh, he's a guy that with the high upside that if hey, some of these tackles, you know, you guys, they're not coming in and ready to play. 
he's a guy that you might want to take a look at. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to hear his name called later in the draft. Did you say 6'8", 350? Yes. With those measurables, with, with the, just over a five, uh, second 40, and 35-and-a-half-inch arms. Well, no, we don't, we don't want to. That's very intriguing. We yes. don't want to offend anyone. Are we supposed to be saying Pacific Islander or is it Samoan? I mean, Kev already threw it out there, so I'm just going, you know, you know after that. So, <laughs> Hey, they all look like The Rock, and if they play like he wrestles, we'll take them. Yeah, look at this yeah. guy later at night. You'll, you'll be pretty impressed. <laughs> Late at night, Rue, hitting oh, on linemen. Perfect. Hot and heavy. Uh, yeah, he'll be on that grinder app, too. All right, Woo. so we're wrapping up. You'll see the, the, the mock drafts posted. There's an article, if we draft Baker Mayfield, that, that's posted already to the website. Uh, tomorrow we'll have another, if we draft Sam Darnold, kind of pivot or play off of that. Uh, and then we'll have some of the content come the draft day uh, that, that all the listeners will get to enjoy. I want to thank Mike Luciani for the question that we hit on earlier. So keep them coming as well as any others. Email the site, respond on Twitter, Facebook, all that other nonsense, jazz. Uh, happy to answer and incorporate them into the pods. And um, any last words, fellas? I hope when Hugh Jackson goes to put his security code into the, the war room on Thursday night, it comes back in valid. Then following that, it says, jump in the fucking lake. <laughs> All right. On that note, and that'll get us a nice R rating. <laughs> Thank you, Rue. We'll, uh, we'll put a nice little bow on it for the night. Thank you, listeners. And just remember one thing in the next 48 hours. No matter what, not Josh Allen. No matter what. <laughs>